Hi, um, while this episode of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast doesn't include bad language per se, it isn't quite as squeaky clean as you may have come to expect from me. So if you've got kids listening in the backseat of the car, you might want to hold off for a bit. Thanks. You're listening to the Two Minute Time Lord. Hi, I'm Chip, and this is Two Minute Time Lord podcast number 251, in which we take a look at another throwback review of The Doctor Dances from Series 1. The first and most important thing you need to understand about The Doctor Dances is the title. It's increasingly obvious, until finally spelled out when the Doctor explains Captain Jack's omnisexuality to Rose, that writer Stephen Moffat is using dance as a euphemism for the physical reproductive act. Once you understand that, then you can't unsee or unhear the real title of this episode, The Doctor F***s. Seriously, it's the most dramatic example yet of a pattern established by Moffat, by previous Series 1 writers, by headman Russell T. Davies himself. Subversive writing that undermines the conventional wisdom of what Doctor Who is all about. The Doctor as an asexual being or remote father figure? Well, his jealousy of Captain Jack is just a bit more primal than the third Doctor's of Professor Jones, and through Rose's flirtations with the Doctor and Jack, this episode is inundated with not only nanogenes, but hormones. If you're familiar with the idea of the Time Lords reproducing through sterile looms from the New Adventures novels, well, there's no room for that concept in The Doctor. And this is really the episode that jumpstarts the entire romance and the TARDIS controversy among fandom. But significantly, it's not about love. We'll quickly see the story evolve into, as David Tennant put it, a romance without the shagging. But Moffat isn't picking up on those earlier hints from Dalek and the Long Game, or Father's Day even. Here, it's all more physical, a different metaphorical dance between jealousy, possessiveness, and free-spirited hedonism. So the Doctor is a signpost not only to the Dr. Rose romance, but to the 11th Doctor who, his weak protestations that he's not a bloke, and his colossal awkwardness notwithstanding, is clearly having off-screen extracurricular adventures with River Song. But romance and attraction isn't the only subversive aspect. There's also the joy of an unambiguous victory wherein everybody lives. The Doctor has left such a body count behind him over the years, guest actors and extras stacked up like cordwood, that this wonderfully joyous ending in which not a single character dies like we expect them to, it just knocks us over. It's not just Christopher Eccleston's finest moment as the Ninth Doctor, it's an unambiguously gleeful explosion of sentiment, a feel-good conclusion that, like the nanogenes, wipes out all of the damage and leaves only the memory of the horrific atmosphere of the empty child. Together, this two-parter is not only an epic callback to the long serials of the classic show, but it dramatically broadens the emotional and physical palette that the revived show makes use of ever since. The empty child and the doctor, all right, dances, among the most important episodes of Doctor Who ever. And that's your slightly longer two-minute Time Lord podcast. 
You can find more episodes at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com. And if you check the top menu bar, you'll find the earlier throwback reviews as we've been going from Series 1 on. Look for me on Twitter and Facebook, and I'll talk to you again soon.